Figgy, it feels so nice when the Mets beat the Phillies. They just don't lose series to division rivals. Fun weekend at City Field. Two out of three. The biggest crowd of the season on Saturday. But Figgy, we got a special guest coming on the show today, don't we? Do we? Who is it? Blaster Jacks. Blaster Jacks. That's right. We're going to blast your headphones up <laughs> with Blaster Jacks from Narco Edwin Diaz walk-up song. They'll join us. And we'll react to Nelson Figueroa, a 48-year-old with a hip replacement who threw 119 <laughs> pitches. I know you want to hear about this. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true, orange and blue, so amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. And he bloops oh. one shallow center. Segura back. He won't get there. Base hit. And now breaking from the plate is McNeil, and he scores. Down to second base goes McCann. The Mets steal a run. And he drives one to deep right field. Back goes Castellanos. Picks a look, and it's out of here. Daniel Vogelback with his third home run as a man, his 15th of the year. Got him looking, and the ball game is over. Back-to-back -back shutouts for the Mets as they take two of three from the Phillies. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown, 48-year-old starting pitcher Nelson Figueroa here on the other end. Boy, we got a lot to discuss on today's show. We'll get to Figgy's 119-pitch outing for the Ferry Hawks. He is walking right now. He's not in a wheelchair. He made his way from Jersey to New York, so he is here and in the building. He is alive. We'll get to that. Blaster Jacks is going to join us. Talk about timing. Our guy Brandon London started the Edwin Diaz Challenge, so we joined in. You'll see me running, which is a sight to behold yeah. in its own, in our own Edwin Diaz Challenge, and Blaster Jacks, the creators. Timmy Trumpet won't join us, but Blaster Jacks from the song Narco, Edwin Diaz's electric entrance music, is going to join us later in the show for an exclusive interview. Will they be showing up? To City Field is the big question, but tune in to hear about that. Those highlights you heard courtesy of SMY. Andrew Hart's along with us back in the palatial New York Post studios. Come get us. The New York Mets are better than you are, and you just got to deal with it at this point. And this weekend was just another example of how good this team is, how resilient this team is. Guys go down two guys in one inning the other night, mm -hmm. and they still find a way to win. They win one nothing behind Jacob DeGrom in front of the biggest crowd in City Field history, Figgy, and the eighth biggest crowd in the history of the regular season at City Field, 43,000. 847. You were lucky to even get a standing room on Saturday. The crowds were electric. They took two out of three. The only loss came in the 10th inning, a game they probably could have won if they didn't send Marte maybe there in that ninth inning. Didn't love that send or if Marte chose it. But this team is better than you. It's not lucky hit. Spencer Strider, I hope hmm. they hit his ass hard on Monday night. But this team is for real. This team is legit. This team is good. 
And they look like a World Series bound team, man. It is so fun to watch this team every night. Yeah, we thought it was just a two-headed monster of Scherzer and DeGrom, but I mean Bassett has pitched unbelievable over you know over twenty innings here. Uh, score, straight twenty-four scoreless. straight scoreless now. He's a student of the game. I know he's a little bit older. People didn't know who he was when he was out in Oakland. But he's such a student of the game. He's watching what these other guys are doing. And can you mimic a 101-mile-an-hour fastball? No. Can you mimic you know, Scherzer's ability to throw that change-up slider combination nonstop? No. But what he can do is take notes on which guys are aggressive, which guys swing and miss at certain pitches. And he did that. He just showed uh, how he can pitch under pressure as well. He had guys in scoring position with nobody out and got out of jams. That's something that, you know, as a number three starter, that's something that aces normally do regularly. And he's doing it as a number three starter. Of course, Taiwan Walker. You still got Cookie Carrasco. You got all these weapons still in that starting rotation. The bullpen, they're not having to work nearly as hard because these guys are going deeper and deeper into ball games and challenging hitters. Um, it can't be fun. If you were the Phillies this weekend, look at what that run production looked like, you know, going against those three starters. And I think the rest of the, uh, not just National League, but the rest of baseball needs to watch out. Two runs total on the weekend. One was not earned because they had an automated runner at second yep. base. One earned run all weekend from the Mets. I mean, it's just absurd to think about. And DeGrom goes six. You you hold your breath. Bullpen closes the door. Obviously, Diaz does his thing to Narco coming out. 75 and 40 with 47 games to go. This team is on pace for over 100 wins. Figgy, in 47 games, they want to win 100 games do the math there. They'd have to go 25 and 22 to put them at 162. That's pretty damn doable. And it begins with four against the Braves and Spencer Strider Monday. And there's a certain Conor McGregor strut right now. I'm in the streets of Queens, Astoria. Everywhere I go, I see Mets jerseys. I see mm-hmm. Mets gear. And I usually give a head nod. I hate when people are like looking down or look the other way. I'm like nodding awkwardly and like they're just looking in another direction. But I'm walking around like just strut. I mean, how could you not love being a fan of this team? And Regular season wins and regular season record is important to us. People hating on us, people saying it's lucky hits, lucky this, this won't happen in October. Bring it. We're feeding off this trash talk, and it's been so long since this team. Think about this, Figgy. 2006 wasn't truly dominant the whole way. 2015, that was a late run. Mm -hmm. 2016 was wild card. 2000 was a wild card team. They didn't win the division that year. This is 86-like because of how they're – have a shot to run away with the division. And that's why we're strutting. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we're enjoying it. Because it's few and far in between where this team is this good in the regular season. It's usually late runs or a trip to the wild card and a a late October Yeah, you got to be careful, though, with saying run away with the division. Because with all the winning that they're doing, remember, the last 19 games, they're 16-3. and 16-3 and in their last 19 games, and they still are only five and a half games above the Braves. So the Braves are still playing high-caliber baseball, which is what we assumed that the National League East was going to be. The Braves, the Mets, and, you know, the Phillies, as they bolstered their team with more offense. I'm not going to get into the good Still fundies. bad defense. Uh, Keith, is, Keith is rolling funny. over not having it, a lot of But it's that. funny because the Mets have more errors than the Phillies do. So by numbers wise, but I think that's just like a nice head that game. Possible? That is just a great head game for Keith to play right there because now all the fans are pissed off. The, the players are pissed off about it in Philadelphia about oh, you know our, our fundamentals and they start looking at numbers and looking at statistics and already you're in their head about it. So when you see plays like we saw the McNeil scoring on they that play. They look like that, they were at Marquis 
Saturday night. I mean, what was that play? That, that That's one of those things where it, it just takes a little bit of, of gamesmanship. And Keith is great with that because you think Keith went in there and looked at the numbers and the actual numbers? No. He just said, you know what I know about this team? I, it's their bullpen more than anything. We know that about the Phillies. There's no way to, doubt, to, to even try to refute that. But when you start talking about their defense a little bit or calling out maybe some of their star players, if you just get on Alex Bohm a little bit too much, you remember what happened with him in mm-hmm. Philadelphia where he's like, I hate yep. this place. So, you know, he made some good plays. Every, you know, they played a, a much better brand of baseball. They were very close games, um, but the Mets were just that much better. And so that's what you want to be able to do is kind of, even when you're not at your best, even when you're not at your peak and you're not just dominating, you know, scoring six, seven runs a game, they didn't score many runs, but they won two out of the three and they could have had a chance to win all three of those. I was ready to play the clown music on that. I mean, <laughs> I mean the center fielder bobbles it. It's rolling there. Then they throw in a second. Segura is lollygagging in the park looking at, I don't know, the pastrami in right field. I don't know where he was looking. And then McNeil takes off, and then the catcher drops it. Real mode. I mean, that was the bad news, Phillies. Yeah. I, it was why I was like, how did McNeil just score? And I'm like, oh, it's the Phillies defense, and it's why Keith Hernandez. <laughs> People thought Keith took off for that reason. He did have the Cardinals ceremony for the, honoring their World Series team, Correct. so that's why. It wasn't. Because they played the Phillies, but uh, I love people sh- are like, oh, it's a cover up. It's a cover up. They're, they're trying to hide Keith. Yeah, they're hiding Keith. Have you ever met Keith? Keith doesn't hide from many people. But man, great weekend. The Mets nine and two in the homestand. They've won seventeen of the last twenty. They're just rolling right now. But the Braves, the Mets are headed to Atlanta. They're headed to get the fresh Chick Fil A and the not so fresh Spencer Strider on Monday night. Got some good pitching matchups, and every night's a good pitching matchup if you're a Mets pitcher because they're. ERAs are all sub two since July 1st, besides Walker, but that's inflated because where he gave up the eight runs. Yeah. Sub two, all these guys Carrasco, Strider, Walker, Morton, Scherzer, Odorizzi, and then DeGrom versus TBD on Thursday. Ooh, you got to love the old TBD, a good friend of ours, friend of the program, TBD. Those matchups, I mean, all every matchup is going to favor the Mets every day. And that's why we're excited about this team. And even through the adversity, even through the injuries, listen, Luis Guillorme has a groin injury. He could go to the IL. We might see Brett Beatty here soon. You know, Mike Puma said the Mets aren't ruling up calling Brett Beatty. This seems already fun to watch, and usually we're like, all right, season's over. Let's just watch the prospects now. Now to have a championship-caliber team and Beatty, who's 8-for-22 so far in AAA, a first-round pick, just 22 years old, to have him come up and join an already fun bunch is another fun storyline for this team right now. Well, I mean, remember when Conforto came up? Uh, it was a breath of fresh air for the team. It was 2015, team. right? 2015, yeah. yeah. And during that kind of that same thing where they were they turning it around. Move. They were turning around. They got that one young bat that, you know, nobody really knew how to figure out. And what Conforto did was didn't disappoint. He took away Michael Kadire's job. And Michael Kadire sat back like a good veteran that he was and kind of just uh, mentored him, you know, playing the outfield, or what pitches to look for. And Michael Conforto just kept – I remember he was just so free and easy and letting the hands loose and just smashing balls all over the place. He dented the foul pole and – Los Angeles. I mean, he hit the ball so damn hard, and that was that was definitely something where you were inspired about what was to come in the future for the Mets when you had a guy like Michael Conforto joining. Uh, you know, all those pieces that came to work. This team is, uh, of course, different. They've been the same almost since day one. Trade deadline went by, and they added some pieces. And Vogelback has been everything that you would hope. 
a uh, god, literally a he's god. He's been everything that you hoped, and, and and he's just fun to watch. And, I want and, a donut now. <laughs> he's just one of those guys that, man, you root for him. You root for this guy because you realize how hard he plays the game. It's it, this isn't. Uh, there's nothing fake about this guy. It's not false hustle. Um, he takes some big swings. He puts the ball in play. He runs hard. He and and, and he has fun doing it. And he makes it a fun atmosphere. Um, Naquin has been a, a, a godsend as well. He's hitting the ball in seven RBIs since he's been here in only 12 games uh everybody i mean and i keep going back to it, and i know i do every show but we harped on how bad lindor was last year you got to sing this man his praises because of he is an rbi machine most rbis for shortstop in mets history 82. And, and and while you're sitting back and the mlb leader is pete alonzo he's been every bit as good since the subway series um you know almost i think he has two rbis less than pete alonzo and that's what you need for that guy it doesn't have to be pretty it doesn't have to be home runs we're not looking for you know like aaron judge is carrying that team with nine home runs but the rest of the team hasn't been able to produce runs they haven't been able to get on move guys over do the little things there's been a lot of swing and miss and now when you look at what the Mets have been able to do since day one put the ball in play keep the line moving and you don't care about the name behind you nobody cares about who the names are because Mark Cannell will come up and get an RBI single you know you got Jeff McNeil batting lower down in the lineup he's pushing in RBIs as well he's back over 300 again so I, I just think it's a it's a fun bunch that's really believing in themselves. They're confident, and the, the pieces that they did add just fit right in. Hit them where they ain't, Figgy. Enough of the lucky. This won't happen in October. Come get us. We are the best team in the NL East. We're coming for you, Dodgers. We'll see you at City Field coming up. We got the Subway Series next week as well. A tough stretch here. Four against the Braves. Four against the Phillies. Two against the Yankees, a 10-game stretch that will learn a lot more about this team. And then the week after, three against the Dodgers. Listen, if you could sweep the Dodgers, I mean, you get this within two of the Dodgers. Home field throughout would be incredible because the Mets have showed home field. And when Diaz comes in, the trumpets, this team is feeding off the energy at the ballpark. And this place was packed all weekend. Met some fun people. You know, met these two ladies who, like, they have a scrapbook for every game they go to. They've also, I had my 46th game on Sunday. They were at their 46th game, and they had a scrapbook of every game they go to in ballpark and take notes what happened in the game. My mom would love that. Big scrapbooker. <laughs> I want Vogelback to truck a catcher. That's what I'm waiting for. Like, it's not legal, right? I guess. It is legal still. Is it still legal? It is absolutely legal. If that's what happens, if there's a collision, but you can't go out of your way to collide with the catcher. Okay. So if the catcher is not, you know, right on top of home plate, blocking home plate, if you block home plate, you can get run over. If you are, you know, giving a lane and you get run over, that's different. They'll call you out automatically. So big caffeine guy. He's a big uh, coffee drinker. He told the Barstool Mess podcast he had a good interview, and he's saying like he fe- he has like ten cups of coffee. How many cups do you do? Are you in the Phil Regan? No, 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 no. I'm 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 two three max. But you know, I I think uh, it's more the it's a routine that you have. Like my dad. Drinks it before he goes to bed at 11 o'clock at night. He makes a big cup of coffee, and it's Bustelo coffee, so it's espresso-type coffee. So that's the real deal, and he sleeps just fine. And I was raised that way, so it's not a caffeine thing like, oh, I can't have caffeine past 5 o'clock. I won't be able to sleep. It's never been that. It's just a, I don't know, it just tastes good and soothing. 
You ever have it at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday before throwing 119 pitches in Gastonia, North Carolina, I, I at 48 def- years old with a hip replacement? Is that you ever drink coffee then? I, I definitely did. I, I drank coffee and I drank a lot of uh, anything that said electrolyte on it or electrolytes or anything that said that it would help me uh, survive the, the, the weather down there. It was hot as all hell. Actually, I had to borrow spikes. I had to borrow a glove. I didn't have a spikes or a glove. So. Was that your your jersey? What number were you? That wasn't even my jersey. That wasn't even my jersey. What number were you? I'm 28. But we were using our alternate jersey, and I forgot to bring the alternate jersey with me. As a coach, I usually can wear a sweater on top of it. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be playing at any point. So I wound up wearing 23, and I borrowed a pair of spikes. And the pair of spikes I borrowed were these lightweight material Nikes that apparently don't have a lot of cushion in them. And so when I'm standing on the turf, it was so hot that the, the spikes themselves were heating up. And so I got done with the first inning, and I took him off in the dugout, and I gave it back to the guy, and he grabbed him, and he shook his hands like, oh, my God, you're blazing hot. I'm like, yeah. I go, there's no cushion in him. All I'm getting is heat from transference from the mound onto the shoe, and my feet are on fire. So I had to change out of those. I put in a different pair of spikes in the second inning. It was crazy. It was an hour before the game, and I decided that I wanted to save my bullpen because they had already worked hard during the Lancaster trip, and we were going to play the first-place team uh, down in Gastonia. And I wanted to just throw as many pitches as I could, as long as I could, and just not use anybody else. That was the plan, and, and that part of it worked and i don't think a lot of people realize the game didn't matter it was it goes to the first half of the season Correct. in the atlantic league it's the first half of the season winner plays second half of the season this is a makeup rain out whether you had all sorts of funky it was weather from, right it was from fog Stat- out it was a staten island game like we were supposed to play this in staten so island. you guys were the home team Correct. so while you saw figgy pitch the top of the inning right instead of the bottom of the inning because you were home gastonia there were like negative four people in the crowd no Correct. one there that's you didn't did you have hecklers at all did anyone heckle you no actually it was, it was so much support i've never given up so many runs and gotten so much love and support from <laughs> from fans radio people i got call, phone calls twitter went viral it, it was figgy it, viral it, it was funny because one of the guys on the team goes oh my god you made it all the way to texas and then i showed him my phone that had the article in taiwan I, in chinese i go i get it all the way to taiwan just for for doing what i did i go but you know that wasn't the reason i did it i, I was gastonia on a tuesday You know, I wasn't planning on this going viral. I just wanted to help the team out. And, you know, it was fun to go out there and compete again. It was fun to, to, you know, I struck out two of the first three guys I faced and had some illusions of grandeur and kept trying to throw an 83 mile an hour fastball by people. Were you throwing 83? Because they, because our guy, Johnny Wincott shouted to him on the broadcast. He said you were throwing 83, but I didn't see. There was like one person behind home, and he did not have a radar. So I'm like, how do they know they, it's 83? They, they, it's it's not even on the it's on the board that they have it. And uh, I was 86, 85 in the first inning. I finished up at 83 still, but I also changed from throwing a straight fastball to throwing sinkers, trying to keep the ball in the ballpark. That day, was wind was blowing straight out. A couple of pop-ups got out for home runs, and I was like, you know what? I got to try and really keep this, you know, our, our team in the game no matter what. Changed to throwing some sinkers had some movement on the ball, got some ground balls, some missed opportunities to turn double plays because I ran in the way of a uh, double play. I, I, I got called off at the last second, so I pulled my hands back and the ball went past me. A run scored on that. We sh- um, just a little bit of sloppy play by us. But again, like it, was a game that, but it was a game that didn't matter. No, no, it wasn't excuses. It's just it, they don't know how fast I am or not. And so I, it was uh, a learning experience. Well, the first thing you were good, you gave up an unearned run. Yeah. And then the rest was just a mess. <laughs> Let's just go over the line because I got it. Ten hits, ten mm-hmm. runs, eight mm-hmm. earned. Mm-hmm. Eight earned, not ten earned. 
and four strikeouts, two of them in the first inning. I actually was like laying down watching, kind of fell asleep in the middle of it. I was tired. It was a long day, and I got a little sleepy, and then I had to catch a catch up, go uh, rewind on the YouTube. Uh, so you got two strikeouts later in the game uh-huh. at some point. I gotta say, either you have really baggy pants, oh, yeah, or you just have no either. ass. Because no, I, I, not that I was looking at your butt, but sounds, you, when you're when you're that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Not when you're pitching, you see it was like baggy, and I was like, damn, Figgy got to hit the because I had got no ass either. So were, I was like, Figgy's got to do some squats. Those man. were a size forty pants that I had to take out of the uh, extra. Hearts, did you notice he had uh, he had no ass going? Did you see any of the video while you were traveling the globe? No, I was not looking at Figgy's ass, Jake. Okay. So it, right. It's only you, Jake. But yes, that's a great one liner. <laughs> <laughs> size size 40 pants um size 40 that's, pants not even my I jersey worked. not my glove not my spike like a 40 all, all, <laughs> exactly dietitian <laughs> so um you know if it ever happened again i'd be a little bit more prepared but i, I think it was all in all it was, it was fun to get out there and fun to to you know go out there and compete and you know there was a couple of guys on that team again they're the best offense in the league of course they're gonna hit a 48 year old guy around the ballpark a little bit but you know it got some compliments from like I said, I got compliments from everybody, and and one of the guys is not for your ass, for your pitching. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Jake, <laughs> so so a guy named Jake Skoll. Jake Skoll, if you look it up, he was drafted ahead of Trout. Drafted ahead of Mike Trout. He's in the league. He's jacked, left-handed bat. He swings the hell out of it. And uh, he saw me the day after, and he goes, "I got to tell you something." I go, "What's that?" He goes. I don't care what the radar gun was saying. He goes, that wasn't 83 miles an hour. I go, what do you mean? He goes, nobody's been able to get underneath the label of my bat. So, you know, you have the barrel of the bat, which is towards the end. You have the label, like the trademark of whatever brand it is. The ball, I got a couple balls in on his hands that far in and got a, a couple of outs on him. And then he walked back to the dugout and they're all laughing at him. They're like, oh my God, 83 just blew you up. And he's like, that's not 83. There's no way that's freaking 83. And that's one of the things that I used to always say about myself is that, it didn't matter what the velocity set up on the radar gun that I threw a sneaky fastball, live fastball. I could set up my fastball. I just didn't have any other weapons. It's been a while since I had to throw a curveball. I can't snap off a 12-6 curveball at 48. You weren't in pain? Like, you're 48 no. and you had a hip replacement. Uh, like, uh, you were fine the whole game? The, no hip, the, hip, the hip was fantastic. The hip was titanium, so there was no problem with the hip. The shoulder, no problem. I play catch every day with these guys, and these guys will tell you, I, I long toss with two or three of them um, just to get their throwing in because a lot of guys like to stay short and just stay ready if they're going to be in the game or not. So if a guy needs a long toss, I'm the guy they long toss Did with. Did Fonzie stop you every inning and say, you got to go another no. You no, go, he never, just like get away he from nev- me. No, he never came over to me at, at he all. He didn't care if your arm fell no, off. He at, was like, we, we, we need a pitcher today. We got done. We got done. I got done with the uh, seventh inning and I came into the dugout and everybody he gave me a hug and then he, he blew up uh, on his screen. He blew up my pitch count. And he shows me 119, and he just shakes his head like, what the hell's wrong with you? And you texted me, and they shared on NY1, actually, that you said, <laughs> oof, we'll be sore tomorrow. Will you? Were you sore the next Let day? Let me tell you something. It felt like the rest of my body. My arm was good. My arm was sore, of course. It felt I worked it. But it was just like that normal, that good sore after you pitched. But my, the rest of my body... The rest of my body felt like I was in a car accident, bro. The left side of my body was so sore. My calves were sore. My, you know, like all the little muscles that you're not used to using, like my quads and my thighs, uh, those were good. My, my hamstrings were good. My hips were fine. My lower back was tight and stiff. My, yeah, my gluteus maximus was really sore. The problem of the, the whole thing was I, I remember thinking, you know, I'm okay. And, you know, you don't ever want to show like how bad you're hurting. I went to laugh. And I couldn't laugh. I let out all the air laughing because it was just like, oh, my oh, God, that hurts That's so me bad. when I did burpees on the city field scoreboard. Go. I couldn't move there, for a week or laugh for a there week. There you go. So, like, my rib cage was just really sore. So all my little turning muscles, everything that was not used to going, you know, 
full effort. Um, you know, it, it'd been eight years since I, I went, I played in a men's league like in 2020 with during COVID and I got to pitch there a little bit, which thank goodness is how I learned how to revamp my sinker. And that, that saved me from it being 20 runs in that game. You know, if, if it was something that I was really entertaining and people keep writing to me like, Oh, can't wait to see your next game. There might not be a next game. Okay. Let's, let's get real. It's 48 years old. Hopefully I don't have to, cause the team's doing well enough that they're in, we're well, in playoff contention. Why was this in Staten Island and, I would think before your September 18th finale that you'll pit, if you're allowed to, especially if you guys are out of it, which it's looking like you're not going to win the second hey, hey, half hey, 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 at hey. this point unless you go on a win streak. That's what we're doing. Uh, or if you're pitching for the other team every night, then, <laughs> then, then you, you guys will be the best team in the league if you I, pitch for the other team every day. I plan on but, it. It, it, will, it would be a huge possibility. If we're, if we're mathematically eliminated at that point, I think I was going to do it anyway. I, I was planning on doing one inning so that I could say I pitched professionally for four decades. Why not? And, and so I was going to do one inning. So if I kept it to one inning, it was an unearned run and two out of three strike uh, for strikeouts. I would have been. It would have been a great story. Yeah. But I Zero decided. ERA. Yeah, now I, you got I a decided. Sixty nine ERA. Whoa, whoa! It's not sixty nine. That was how many strikes I threw. Yeah. But I think now what I'm looking now what I'm looking right. forward to do is uh, you know maybe go out there in front of the home crowd because everybody says I owe them. That was the best part. I got back to Staten Island the first thing. You owe us, Figueroa. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? I didn't do this on purpose. This wasn't a planned event. This was a, you know what? If the only option we have is, is to throw somebody out there as a sacrificial lamb, so be it. It'll be me. See the full version of this show on YouTube. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube. Anything that's now in the audio, you'll get there. Mets, four games against the Braves. Congrats on your 119 pitches. I'll shake your hand for that. That was an impressive number. I, I was proud of that. And uh, here's the Ron Darling bobblehead from the weekend, by the way. Almost Keith. there. You're we almost have one there. more, Gary, to get the three of three collection. Mets Braves, four games, then Mets Phillies, four games, 75 and 40. It feels good to be a Mets fan. And Figgy on the mound. What a week. What a week. What a week. We, we, we'll hopefully do more shows come playoff time. But, again, Ebbs Brewing Co. after Old Timers Day, right after the actual game. So, like, 10, 30, 11, come to Ebbs, come hang out, and we'll have a lot of interviews with the Old Timers. Well, we haven't got to the stars of the show for this show, and they're coming up next. It's the dynamic duo, Tom and Edir from Blaster Jacks. That's right. The artist of Narco Edwin Diaz entrance music. They're coming up next on Amazing But True. It's on the payoff. Swing and a miss, strike three. It is a whiff nearly eight years in the making for Nelson Figueroa. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we got a special guest, I should say two guests here, a dynamic duo on Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. Now, if you've been to City Field, you know, I hope you haven't lived under a rock. You've seen the song, Narco. Edwin Diaz's entrance music. SMY has bolstered it by having a camera follow him to the mound. And no matter where you are in this country, in whatever country, you feel the energy. And these guys are the reason, basically, this happened. And that would be Blaster Jacks. We're here with 
Tom Jonkind and Edir Makloff, the dynamic duo of Blasterjack. They are a house, electro house, big room house duo. They make bangers that you're bobbing your head to, and Narco is one of them. Edir, Tom, welcome to Amazing But True. Glad to have you on. How are you? We're good. Thank you very much for inviting us. This is uh, quite a new thing for us, but I already love it. Yeah, now you guys are, you're in the Netherlands, both of you right now. Yeah, correct. And you guys travel the world, you tour around the world, and you notice a spike to the streams, I would say, on Spotify. I think you're like top three viral Spotify charts, and you realize it's Narco and Edwin Diaz. I mean, how cool has it been, this roller coaster ride from the song coming out in 2017 to slowly starting to blow up and now the millions and millions of streams and shazams you're getting from people at the stadium to the song blowing up now yeah it's insane it's really uh, <laughs> out of this world basically especially since it's a track like you mentioned that's been out for five years already like usually when you release a track you know you have that bus or it needs like half a year a year maximum and then the peak of the bus and now after five years it's rising up again and it's great, and it's especially great um, that the music is connecting a different kind of people, not per se people that would come to our shows or listen to our music in the first place, but still get in touch with the song via sports. That, that's a great thing. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty unreal the last two weeks, how this track is doing, how the interaction is going online. Yeah, for us, I can tell you right now as a, a former athlete, when I song comes on, the game is over. That's what you signify that with. We had at our ballpark, the other team was winning at the time. And they played that song, and I looked up at our, our people playing, and I'm like, what are you doing? That's the ending song. That means the game's over. Like, we're trying to make a comeback here. And right now, that is the hottest song out there. It's up there right now, synonymous with Enter Sandman for Mariano Rivera, Hell's Bells for Trevor Hoffman, some of the all-time great closers in the game. That's got to be a tremendous feeling. And like you said, when you're traveling the world and you're making new music and new content every three weeks – for that to blow up and still be blowing up, and I'm telling you right now, it's not going to stop blowing up well into the playoffs and World Series when the Mets have uh, their way with the rest of baseball. Yeah, that's that's insane. Absolutely. Yeah, being like named in the other uh, Walk-On songs, that's just that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think we only realized it once we have been in the stadium and seen the whole you know action life and the track being played out live. That uh, I think that's the moment when we would definitely realize what's happening. And Edir, both of you weren't into really baseball, right? Have you got more into it now? Like, have you started following Edwin Diaz's stats and when he comes in? Or do you just get people sending you videos? Look, another entrance video. Well, it's actually funny because, yeah, what you said, uh, we have not been into baseball at all before. Uh, we played it when we were young in school, just an hour a week or something like that. Uh, but basically, that's it. But nowadays, I just follow, like, uh, Edwin Diaz. I follow, like, all uh, baseball accounts and everything on Instagram. So I kind of, like, get the feeling of how big it is. Yeah, that's 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 actually really funny. Have you talked more to Edwin Diaz? I know you guys have had brief DMs and social interactions. Have you talked to him? Would you like to soon meet him? What's been that interaction like? A couple of DMs, you know, vice versa. But um, due to some uh, some reporters where we had interviews with, like some messages got like transferred to one another all the time. It's mm. pretty cool, old school. So like, yeah. uh, I believe we made like a video message when we were in Ibiza in Spain uh, for him. Um, he got it showed and then he replied back in a video message, which we found back on Twitter. So that's how it goes at the moment. It, it has like it's it has its charm actually. It's it's pretty cool like this. And yeah, to me them would be absolutely great. Yeah. Have the Mets reached out to you? So there was a report that Timmy Trumpet 
would be coming August 28th to City Field. That got shot down quick. I guess he's he is also on tour. Uh, have the Mets reached out to you? Have anyone reached out to you and Timmy Trumpet to perform this song at City Field? Because if this doesn't happen before the first week of November when the Mets are playing in the World Series, I think we'll all be pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks a lot, first of all. Um, we <laughs> There are talks about things. I have to be very careful with this. The, the point is, like as you might know, uh, for Europeans and everyone non-US, uh, working on your visa it might take a while. It's mm. a pretty bureaucratic procedure. Um, so we are in the middle of that. We are still waiting for that. So hopefully when everything falls in place, there might be a chance that something could happen. But like I said, it's very premature right now. So you, you were in talks with the Mets have reached out to you and said, come out here. Steve Cohen's, you know, Steve Cohen's worth $14 <laughs> billion. So he'll wipe his ass with the with the private jet to get you to America and get you to City Field. He'll get a helicopter to put you on the field with Timmy Trumpet. If so you I want to make, make sure if this you happens. make it happen, you're gonna be in the yeah. helicopter and the jet with us. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I want I want the news to be broken here when we know the date because everyone got excited that August 28th is happening. You know that got shot down. Everyone's like, all right, let's just do it for the playoffs because the energy for playoffs would be insane. Don't let Jake do the negotiations either, because if Jake is doing the negotiations, he's promising a lot of things, and Chick-fil-A will be involved in a whole lot of other things, but, but <laughs> more, more so than anything, man, I, I think it's incredible for you guys to be touring the world and then taking the opportunity to, with us to, to be on our podcast right now. The fans are, are, are eating this thing up, and, uh, and you know, we just talked a little bit before the show. Where did you guys uh, just perform this weekend? Uh, this weekend, we're in, uh, in Berlin, Germany, and in Hungary on the, on the boat party, so that was, uh, oh, that was the weekend, okay. yeah, and, and actually <laughs> the whole week in total was like yeah yeah boat party yeah that was that was wild <laughs> um other than that yeah we did Ibiza Spain on last Wednesday and on Monday we just came back from Vancouver so it, yeah it's quite a travel this week so jealous <laughs> what what I find interesting guys is that this song Narco was originally supposed to be with a flute and the flute to the trumpet, I mean, talk about going, not that a flute's a zero. I played the clarinet in marching band. What a loser I was back in the day. Uh, but the flute's cool, and it works on songs. But for an entrance song for a closer, the trumpet, like, took this thing to another level. I mean, it's just a majestic sound. Now, I read that that was, like, your first time. You worked with, you met up with Timmy, and you made that happen. But what that did to the song is take it to a whole nother level. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing more to add to that. And it's, it's funny that we found back the, the first demo we made of this track. And I, I also forgot how it sounded like. So we played it and we were like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it got a lot better over time. That's good. That's a good thing. Um, but while making this song, we didn't have anything in mind of, of it being a walk-on song for, for a pitcher yeah. uh, anywhere in the world anyway. So it's, it was just a track like any other track. We just like to go with the flow and see what comes out of that and in the end i mean the track is cool and we also played it live we still play it live nearly every show as well does timmy um so it's it's definitely an, uh, a go-to track for for our crowd as well and that the fact that that the us picked up on it that's just extra great and to be really honest now i see the whole picture together like him walking on the field the track in the background we're like okay that's yeah, it's a match. It's a match. <laughs> and you see the fans going crazy. I think I like yeah. the versatility of the song because now with the flute, you can use it as a wedding song. And it won't be so bad <laughs> with the trumpets are blaring and here comes the bride. No, 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 no. Here comes the bride. Here comes Narco, Timmy Trumpets, and the, the couple walking in together. I think the flute will take the little edge off so that the mother-in-law and father-in-laws aren't ready to kill them. True that. And maybe what we can do is a prank. You know, that flutey, uh, the, what is the 
flute accounts on on YouTube, like they yeah. they make like, yes. and yeah, maybe we like should like do that with Narco as well. Yeah, exactly that thing. <laughs> that would be so funny. So I think That'd we should great. work on that this week. Yeah, as a prank. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, have you re- you haven't released the flute version, have you? No, no. no basically, no. basically every time we every time we make a song, we have like let's say at the end of the song we have twenty versions. You know, oh like my God. V1, V2, V3. Mm-hmm. And so on. So uh, basically, this was a V1 or V2, may- maybe of that song, Narco. And the one yeah. with the trumpet and everything in it is V20. So yeah, it's um, you need to start somewhere, you know? You need to start with an ID and everything until everything comes to place. And that was with the trumpet. I had a great experience in the Netherlands. Went there with my family. We hung out, went all over Amsterdam and Soest and down to the beaches. We had a really good time and really good people, except for the fact that my daughter was a little traumatized walking through Amsterdam because she thought it smelled like pine cones. Tried it's to explain to her those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody in Amsterdam loves Christmas. <laughs> Christmas trees. Yeah, I uh, I might have to make a trip to Amsterdam. Oh, there there it is. For other reasons, you know. <laughs> um, we're here with uh, Blaster Jacks. Follow them on social media at Blaster Jacks. That's J A X X. Tom and E D are here with us on Amazing But True. And man, this uh, this song's been electric. The Mets have been fun, which has made it good because. He got rid of it after, you know, 2018, 2019 comes to the Mets. He changed his song and he was trash. He had a 5-5 ERA, which if you guys don't, you guys aren't baseball guys, 5-5 ERA is terrible. For a closer, closer, that means he gives up five runs every nine innings, which for a guy who pitches one inning at a time, that is terrible. So Mm -hmm. there was one point where I said trade him for Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos (laughs) were a rare item here in the States. It's like a cookie treat that people, when when they participate in Christmas (laughs) trees, they might eat them and dip them in after. (laughs) smoking some trees uh i was saying trade him now he's the closer of a lifetime and he's been great have you guys had group texts with timmy have you been talking about the hype around it do you guys text each other well actually uh, last night i got i got back at 2 uh, 2 a.m and i was like okay let's shoot timmy a text since he's you up text at 2 a.m yeah Yeah, 24 yeah 24 7 he's all he's always on whatsapp so i I shoot him a text i said bro what's happening to narcos insane man love it Aha, uh-huh, so good. Congrats, brother. That's it. <laughs> as soon as we see each other, we're definitely going to have a good drink on it. That's for oh, sure. Absolutely. Is that the only time, or you guys have collabed and done shows together as well, beyond just the recording of the song, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because we just finished a new track uh, we did after Narco. Like, I wouldn't say per se a follow-up, but yeah, more or less it is actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that track was, we, we played a track together live during Timmy's set on a, on a big festival, and I believe a week after that whole narco thing started buzzing so that was that was crazy yeah so you and timmy are are we gonna get a collab album with you two just an album full of trumpets at some point <laughs> that would be good then you, <laughs> you should just listen to timmy's music overall he's a trumpet man <laughs> but uh, the new thing is really cool as well but it's it's something different um and, and yeah like i mentioned after that the whole narco song blew up so Maybe we should still look again for a narco follow-up, even though there's a lot of pressure. Because to be honest, for the last five years, four years, we tried to make a follow-up for narco already. And it's basically impossible. That track is so unique in its way that whenever you try to make something similar, Mm -hmm. it's going to sound like narco and you don't want that. Right, right. What's the name of the new track? Uh, uh, Right now, there's no name yet. (laughs) 
Oh, it's Faro. It? Oh, <laughs> breaking news! What is it called? Mm-hmm. Faro? It's Faro. So that, that it's it, long story short, and we go a little bit off topic. But anyways, like uh, there, there's some like really weird cultural house tune, whatever. It, it's a very weird genre of a track, and it wasn't one of my playlists by accident. I listened to it, and I, I was like, okay, that's a weird song with some some Spanish sounding vocals, whatever. I reached out to the artist. Uh, he sent me the vocals. He was like, yo, yeah, you can have a look and play around with it. Uh, we worked on the track. Apparently the vocals we chose were like some sort of an anthem for a specific community inside Spain. Somehow, yeah, a lot of coincidences, if you can still follow, I hope. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and anyways, we played the track out. It was like a huge buzz because everyone was texting us like, whoa, you guys like recognize our specific uh, subculture. Right. within Spain and we were like oh whoa that's coincidence to me it sounded <laughs> Spanish I didn't know any better to be honest but you know I mean yeah I'm not so into that language <laughs> yeah that's what we did and and basically the story is I translated it uh, singing about love for the, the water blah 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 and the love on the beach we were like beach lighthouse lighthouse means uh-huh. faro in that language that's it long story short Oh, okay, Beach Lighthouse. All right, I got a photo. So this narco you named after the TV show, is that is that what I read right? Yeah. The thing was, we are not always that original with the, any titles given to tracks. Um, I, I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, back then, Narcos was huge. And the sound was like that, that Latin kind of yeah, bit yeah. of gangster feel here and there. Yeah, that's so, yeah. I'm just thinking about how we're going to name Narco 2. Yeah, we got, that's good enough. Right can there. we come up with a name, Figgy? You got anything off the top of your head? Can we give him a title? I'm thinking, thinking about Loco. Loco? <laughs> I think Diaz deserves his own name. Or just call it Edwin or something. I don't know. Just Edwin. Just, Let's know. go for Diaz then. Diaz, yeah, yeah Diaz. Diaz, a little bit. What's interesting is like the lyrics. You try to listen in. You did you guys just sample those? Here's my southern slang. I speak it every day. I'm trying to get it popping. This is like Each the white. Way. This is the white boy version. <laughs> Each, this, this is the white men can't jump reading. Each and every way. It's one nation under goons. My goons are stripping all these cats down to their underoos, close to dunkaroos. Dunkaroos. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be the next song. Dunkaroos. Uh, yes. Yeah, tell me how that sample. came about. Yeah, ba- oh my God. Oh. <laughs> basically, well, while making the track, we had no big vision on this one. We just wanted to have right. a track to play in the yeah. set, whatever. And we just needed to have a vocal just for the atmosphere. You know, we want to have atmosphere. We're like, we just take something from any vocal packs we bought in the past, pitch it down a bit. Sounds cool. Whatever he's saying. We had no clue. I didn't know till like two years ago <laughs> what he was saying. So the vocal is on there. And I was like, last couple of weeks, I was like, Let's, let's look up what the lyrics are. First of all, <laughs> there are five different lyrics on Google. So I'm like, one of them should be the good one. I was reading them. I was like, oh, this is, what is this? It has nothing to do with the song. <laughs> Absolutely well, nothing. The funny really? part was that we picked that vocal just for like, to play it live uh, to start with. And then we're going to change it at, at the end. You know, we're going right. to change it for original vocal. But then we liked the vocal in there and it was already in there for half a year. So we we're like, okay, screw it. We're going to go with this vocal. I mean, there's been some hit songs, Figgy, that have just terrible lyrics. Oh, I mean, yeah. watch you me know? whip, watch me nay nay. Like, what does that even mean? A bunch of hit rap songs that don't make sense. 
these lyrics don't make a ton of sense, but I mean, it you, works. It works. It's it incredible. Works. Thank you very That's much. Actually, I was hoping you guys could explain me the lyrics because to me, <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense yet. Uh, like, please don't get him rapping. Let me, please. Let me do not, my urbandictionary.com. Oh, so yeah. here's my southern <laughs> slang. It's, it's a certain mm -hmm. southern slang. I speak it every day. So you speak in a southern slang every day. Trying to get it popping. We're trying to get popping. Trying to get this slang popping each and every way. It's one nation under goons. Figgy, could you describe it's one nation under goons? Yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, I can't describe my goons are stripping all these cats to into the underoos. I mean, they're That's getting naked. Line. Yeah, I guess they're just getting, <laughs> people are getting naked at the end of this. That so. works great at a festival. Yeah, Look, we'll, it works. We'll celebrate yeah. that. So, so if you guys do perform this, now you said you're working on this. How does it work? Does Timmy bring out an actual like trumpet and they put in the speaker and you guys are DJing behind them? Tell us how the set will work at City Field so we could just envision this scene <laughs> in October of you guys. If if it would happen, which I'm when not sure about, I, yeah. Well, imagine it would happen. Like I, you know, I can't do any promises, but imagine it would happen in the most ideal world. Uh, yeah, it's probably just me jumping jumping behind the boots. <laughs> Pressing play because it's one track, <laughs> <laughs> and Timmy will play a bit, indeed, with his trumpet uh, connected to go. a to a mic, and that's it. <laughs> and no, I I have no clue. <laughs> in studio, he's like a really good trumpeteer, like he's a, a star on the trumpet. Because I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, he actually, he's not just in the studio, but also live. Um, as far as as I know, he even played in the Royal Orchestra. Uh, oh, for oh. I believe Australia or some other country, I believe nice. Australia. So he has a he definitely has a background uh, as an uh, actual trumpetist. Timothy Jude Smith is his name. He sounds like a choir boy. He sounds like a good guy. Yeah, because Jake uh, he's, Brown's trust also me, hardcore. Hang out, hang out with him. He's not a choir boy. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's wild. <laughs> All right. Well, if this happens, we're doing shots with Tom, Tommy Deer and Timmy uh, for sure. Can't wait to see this happen. Before we let you go, tell us what you guys are up to, what you got coming out in the uh, coming weeks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just released a new track, Out of the Sky, together with Baus, uh, which is also an American uh, and uh, Chinese duo. Very cool guys. Have a look at our uh, at our Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Twitter, Instagram, blasterjacks.com, and you will find your information there. Blasterjacks.com. Baus. That's what they call me sometimes in the streets no. as well, Figgy. Baus. <laughs> uh, here, in, here in New York City. Well, that's we, POS. P-O-S. Get the hell out of here. Tom and Edir, blasterjacks.com. Go check them out. And I'm hoping we see you guys in October at City Field. Obviously, can't give it away. But when it happens, if it happens, we'll be glad. And uh, we're excited for you guys. And Edwin, uh, you might have to take Edwin out for dinner because he's boosting these streams up through the wazoo. And we're glad for you guys. And we're glad for him. And let's go Mets. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Absolutely. Thank you as well. Thank you so uh, much. <laughs> I have one question. I have one yeah. more question. Is it possible to swap T-shirts with Edwin? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, it would be cool to get a T-shirt from him with his autograph or something, and he gets Idiot. our T-shirt. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he has the size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired between the duo. It's like me and Figgy. He calls me fat all the time, Figgy. Goddamn, oh, no, no. come on. That's P H A T. Pretty no, hot and it's called dad bods. That's what it is. All right. So we'll, we'll send this to Edwin. So you autograph Jersey, uh, transcribe great. for you guys, and we'll make it. Hey, after, afterwards, awesome. we'll get your information. This way I can have that uh, sent out to you. Perfect, man. That sounds, sounds good. Take Appreciate care. Appreciate you guys coming on. Take care. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. It'll be hot. It's been hot in the summer for quite a while.
All right, Figgy, that'll say goodbye to episode 117 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Blaster Jacks for joining us. They were fun. And thanks to you, Jake, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us all on Twitter at Amazing But True, at FiggyNY, and at Jake Brown Radio. Yeah, I like that uh, they at least tease that there's a chance. It seems like the Mets have contacted them. They're trying to make it happen. I didn't even factor in the visa thing. They're in the Netherlands. Cool accents. You love to hear different accents. They clearly like to party. Yep. We got a party with Tom and Edir, Tom John Kind. He didn't even give me the exact. I asked him before we started how do you pronounce. He's like, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's the enough. American version. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, my white men can't jump, UrbanDictionary.com reading Oof. of the lyrics. And when you really break down those lyrics, they make absolutely no sense. But it is the number three song on the charts. It's unbelievable what Diaz has done. Well, that's exactly what it is. It, it's just the rhythm, the feeling, and what you know it, it uh, signifies is that the game is over when Diaz comes in. Zero runs since June. I mean, it is just unbelievable what Edwin Diaz is doing. It's unbelievable what the Mets are doing. Pack in City Field. What a weekend at the ballpark. Good to meet a lot of people out there. And... You know, new listeners of the program. Hope you enjoy the show and tune in the rest of the season. And uh, should be some fun weeks ahead. It's good to be back in the studio, although it's 100 degrees and I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm really sorry to my dietitian, I got to say. I did have Pig Beach Barbecue Sunday. I had ribs, cornbread, fries, Yeah, a little sounds mac like and everything cheese. he told you to eat. Everything she told me oh. not to eat. And then, yeah, yesterday, the day, then lobster roll for lunch. Day before, night before, I had a Mori pizza. So wait a minute, you were, uh, da- you were Danny you were was down pouring to? up the drinks well in Delta. I, what were you down I had, to? Uh, I got the two twenty eight. I do the scale every day. It goes like two twenty eight, two thirty, two twenty nine, two thirty one. Yeah. I'm like, can I get down to two twenty five or yeah. something? Okay, so first of all, do you wear yourself with the same clothing every time? Uh, I get butt ass naked because uh, I, I have I have to get all layers off because I feel better about myself. I'm not going to put shorts that have my phone or shirt on or shoes. I put it in my living room. Your phone. I'm what? butt naked as I'm still looking for a roommate. Hopefully, locking in a new one. What does butt naked uh, and a roommate have to do? Well, just to make sure the roommate's not there. He's in the other room. He'll usually be at work. I get butt naked, get on the scale, and check my weight, which oh. is fluctuating. But I talked to the dietitian on Thursday the 25th when the Mets open their next homestand. Uh, so let me get my weight out before they return home. I got two games in the Bronx, Mets-Yankees Monday, Tuesday. Post-poop. Uh, it's probably pre-poop. Should I do a post-poop? Yes, that- of course. All right, so let me take a dump and then weigh myself <laughs> butt naked. Oh, God. I think that's uh, that's enough butt naked to use. By next week, I'll have a roommate and a couple pounds off me. I guarantee you're not going to get a roommate Thank- now. <laughs> For Nelson Figueroa, thanks to Andrew Hartz. I'm Jake Brown. We'll return next Next Monday before the Subway Series in the Bronx. Are you off next Monday is the question. Uh, I am, but we're in Lexington. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was going to say, come to the Bronx with me. We'll go to the Subway Series. I might be going with Constantine Maroulis to one of the games. So maybe we'll uh, sing the national anthem together or something. Uh, Or sing uh, Can't Stop, Don't Stop Believing. Is it Can't Stop or Don't Stop? Don't Stop Believing. Hearts is like, please shut up now. <laughs> we'll see you next Monday for the Subway Series. Thanks to Blaster Jackson, Andrew Hearts, Nelson Figueroa. For Jake Brown, Andrew Hearts, Nelson Figueroa. I've said our name six times. That's enough. Thanks for listening to Amazing But True. Figgy, as always, no Zoom delay. Let's, Let's go, go Mets. Mets. Perfectly on cue. Peace. Uh, it's probably pre-poop.